Thank you for tuning in to the Walk On Pod. We'd like to take a moment to dedicate this week's episode to Mr. Reed Bellis. Grant Bellis is a close friend of the pod. We grew up together playing on the same team since fourth grade and always been one of my closest friends. His father, Reed, recently passed away after fighting ALS. Mr. Bellis was always one of the most down-to-earth and supportive people around, and I know he impacted many people's lives in a great way. On all our socials, there will be a link to where you can donate in Mr. Bellis' name to the ALS Therapy Development Institute. Any and every donation means a lot. To Grant and the Bellis family, we love you, are here for you, and we always will be. Thank you for allowing us to take this moment to honor his life. Thank you for tuning back in to the Walk On Podcast. This is episode five, and we have our first non-basketball guest with us. Um, he's he's still related to us in a way, though. We uh, we went to Big Sky schools all together, except for Jared. Um, he's from greater Sacramento area, and uh, we just have a few friend ties that you know, know him. And if you were tuned into NFL preseason, you would have saw him catch a few passes last week. We got Kevin Cassis of the Seattle Seahawks with us today. How's it going, man? Going good. It's going good. Yeah, excited to join you guys. Happy to have you, man. Big time. Yeah, Tommy feels Tommy feels good. He's got another uh, Trojan alumni over I here. I got the Oak Ridge stuff. shirt on right now. Oh, just you got for the Oak Ridge. Moment. I didn't even see it. There we go. Yes, sir. There we go. What 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 class were you, Kevin? I know you're. I was uh, I was 2016. Okay, so so he's a year older than me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, that actually uh, kind of segues into what I kind of wanted to ask you first. You know, um, we talked about on my on our first episode how kind of you know, I'm, I'm from Folsom. I went to visit Delago and, you know, when people hear Folsom, they think of Folsom football. And I know that's a rival for you guys over at Oak Ridge. So what was kind of going into those games against Folsom? How was your mindset different than something else? Yeah. Um, it's actually funny. I was just talking to someone about like the Folsom Oak Ridge, I guess, you know, it's a rivalry, but I can't even like remember the last time that Oak Ridge has beaten you know, Folsom in a, it's been a minute <laughs> in like a legit football game. Like growing up, um, growing up, we always beat them like in junior Trojans and and whatever. But yeah, in high school, I don't know. I think it's an element of that they get uh, they get some guys from, you know, I know they had a few guys from Reno and they, they're able to, you know, kind of recruit some guys. So they uh, they're pretty good. And that rivalry was pretty, pretty intense. And um Dude, hopefully one of these days, <laughs> one of these days they can, you know. Yeah, we were so close. Off. We were so yeah. close my senior year. Yeah, I've seen that. I thought it was because my senior year, they kind of handed it to, oh, I guess it was close in the beginning. They kind of, you know, ended up pulling away. But I feel like there's been a few where, you know, it's kind of come down to the wire. Hey, we missed a field goal at regulation to tie it and go oh, to OT. No. Damn. Oh, yeah. We were cooking them all game long, too. It, I remember too much, too much head, huh? you guys you guys definitely had some good battles that was a uh, was that the uh, jake browning ian book days too yeah so my junior year um that's when they had jake browning and then that was like i think they put like 40 points in us in like the first half so yeah. um i think we scored once and you would have thought that we had won like the section championship <laughs> it was like off like a trick play too it was like a double reverse like flip and we somehow scored, but yeah, my senior year, man, who was our quarterback? They had, but that's when they had, 
honestly, this I've never been a, a, like affiliated with a game where like an offensive lineman has like taken over the game, and that's when they had what's his name, Jonah. Jonah yeah, yeah. That was like I, I've never seen like an actual like lineman like take over a game where it's like we can like <laughs> all they had to do was run behind him. Yeah, it was insane. He's that's a big boy. Yeah, big boy. I think this is kind of perfect that that segues into what I want to ask. So kind of talk to us. So we're all basketball players here, obviously. So the recruitment process in football is way different, I'm sure. So kind of talk to us about how you ended up at Montana State and just that experience and how that worked out for you. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I wasn't heavily recruited coming out of uh, coming out of high school. Um, you know, it's really based off of, you know, I'm sure for for basketball where you have like the AAU circuits and all that. Um, I'm sure that's, I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm sure that's plays into recruiting and stuff, but you know, for football, I just saw based off your high school team. And, um, you know, I had some interest from schools and I got walk on, you know, offers from, you know, some PAC 12 schools and then a couple mountain West. And then I, um, I actually wasn't sure if I was going to keep playing football because I was kind of frustrated with, you know, the idea of going somewhere and being that, you know, punching bag. So, definitely. Um, so it was late and, you know, right before signing day, uh, about, yeah, in January, a few weeks actually before signing day, I got a random call from a 406 number, which is the Montana area code. And, you know, they brought me up for a visit and, you know, technically, I guess, you know, in the big sky, they can kind of break up scholarships and whatnot and um they were able to give me like i'm not kidding i think it was if it was 30 percent, i don't know it was low so it, basically out of state and everything it, it i was a walk-on you know going up there and stuff so okay i didn't I, I didn't even know that yeah so i uh i got you know i had decent grades in high school so i got some academic money and whatnot but they literally, I mean, if they had the lowest possible scholarship they could get me, they, 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 uh, they did. So, but basically out of state, it basically came out to, you know, it wasn't cheap. So I was kind of like, uh, you know, they showed the most interest, you know, I, the coaching staff kind of convinced me and, you know, they were kind of going through a rebuild. So I was like, you know, I, I guess I'll, I copped, I flew back from Montana to Sacramento and I got off the plane. I was just like, had a weird feeling. I'm like, out, oh, you know, I guess I'm going to, just called him up right back up and I was like yeah I'll come so that's yeah. kind of why I ended up up there yeah, that's oh, perfect the pod. yeah no that's lovely because yeah so I mean uh we talked about our stories Tommy's a walk-on at Idaho State I walked on at NAU so it kind of first per- fits perfectly so you know all kind of a little walk-on club over here in the big yeah. sky but um yeah how did you like Bozeman up there dude I loved it I think you know coming oh. from from California and um you know not really knowing what Montana was like I was a little skeptical but man it's it's so awesome there's so much cool stuff to do outdoors and uh yeah it's just a great kind of cool college town too freezing out there I think that's the <laughs> coldest town in the big sky yeah I think it, it's got even more than Weber man it, it, it was like negative four when we were there there was a there was a game once when we were pulling up to uh the brick right that's what the arena's called yeah the brick, the brick. yeah we were pulling up to the brick and I get off the bus and literally just drop straight into some snow I was like how do we even drive up here like this is ridiculous and I was sh- shivering from like the ten foot walk just to inside it was awful. yeah we had some shoot we had a couple 
because we would catch kind of like the tail end of like our games and stuff. We'd kind of catch that tail end of winter. I mean, of summer. And then it kind of transitioned into fall. And then we really didn't, I mean, we had a few games that I think our coldest game was probably in the twenties, you know, low thirties. And then we finished up right before, you know, winter really um, picked up. But I guess my senior year, we, we went pretty far in the playoffs. So I think we played in, you know, mid-December, so practices. We didn't have an indoor facility. So, yeah, we had a practice. I think it was, like, negative two outside. So, goodness, that, that was brutal. I think Bozeman was the one uh, trip where I could, like, see my breath while I was on the bus still. Yeah, I know that. The winters are – I kind of lucked out when I was there. Like, my the winters, like, they're definitely cold, but they uh, they weren't too, like – what I was told, they weren't too bad, so I guess I kind of believed it. But yeah, it was definitely cold. Yeah, it was brutal. I couldn't even imagine catching a pass in that. Yeah, in that way. Yeah, no, that was. Yeah, shoot, that's the thing. We our games, we lucked out. We didn't have any snow games. Actually, we had one, but our practices, yeah, we definitely had somewhere. Like you go out there, it's like sunny outside, and then the weather can change like that, and it's like you're in a full blown snowstorm towards the end yeah. of practice. Yeah, that's hectic. Um, Kevin, I was, you kind of already answered it, but I also kind of want to touch on, you know, I know you said you didn't have a lot of other options, but what was it about like a one double a school that like, and like enticed you to go, even though like, maybe that's not the route people want to go. And you said you had other walk on opportunities. Um, but like what, what made you feel comfortable choosing a one double a school? Yeah. You know, it was always my dream to, um, playing like the, playing the pac 12, um, I wanted to go to like my dream school is UCLA. And, you know, I had, I think I, you know, I ended up having like a preferred walk on there, but it was just something I just didn't get a good vibe from it. You know what I mean? It was like, mm. I got the, you know, the feeling like, okay, if I go to with a school, I'm going to be the, you know, walk on punching bag. I'm not going to get an opportunity. Uh, I don't know why I thought that way, but then when I went up on my visit, um, to Montana State, you know, I just got to really get, I mean, I really, the, the coaching staff was, you know, was awesome. And um, the guy who was my receiver coach who was recruiting me, you know, he I could kind of like get a sense that he's like, you know, if we had a scholarship, I, I, I'd give it to you. But, you know, but, you know, they're always saying there's, there's never yeah. money. There's never money. Right. So there probably was money, but, you know, they, uh, you know, they weren't going to fork over a scholarship, but I just got to, I, I don't know why it, it was like a gut feeling. Yeah. Why I, um, it's weird, you know, no reasoning as to why I, yeah, I actually, I don't know why I chose to go to Montana state, but I said like the best, you know, the, just <laughs> the best. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's why. Cause you just went with your gut and it's like, obviously it, it worked out great for you. I think that's like the toughest thing is like, even, I'm sure it's tougher for football, just the way the positions are and, and, and how things work, but just, being comfortable with that decision and it's all about like you know that feeling comfortable with that staff as far as like you really have to like trust them and i'd like tell kids like you're recruiting them as much as they're recruiting you kind of thing no 100 percent, because they made it you know you know they gave me a you know good sense of like i guess comfort being up there where i trusted the coaching staff and like they honestly that was probably the main reason as to why i um yeah decided to go there because it wasn't because I wasn't going up there because there was you know beaches and <laughs> a big yeah. city vibe you know so it was like that's for sure yeah it was really the you know coaching staff that so yeah if there's any advice out there to people 
you know, who are just wanting to get an opportunity to go somewhere where you feel comfortable with the, you know, the coaches. Yeah, definitely. So when did, how long did it take for you to really uh, get cooking up in Bozeman and get the opportunity on the field to where you were able to shine? Yeah. So I like to tell this part, um, part of my journey and whatnot. So I finished up high school and, you know, I've always been, you know, I was told by people, you know, normally you go up in the summer and stuff and you work out with the team and you do all the whatever lifts and running and you get ready for, you do what we call player run practices. I'm sure basketball is something similar. Mm-hmm. So I remember I texted my receiver coach. I was like, Hey, like, when am I supposed to come up for summer training and whatnot? And he's like, Oh no, you're, you're going to come August 2nd you know, right before we start training camp. So right then and there, I'm like, you know, all what I just told you guys, how comfortable I felt with the coaching staff. I go, oh, shoot, did I make the, you know, right decision um, going to Montana State? Because I'm showing up right. These guys are going to be there yeah, taking summer classes, doing all this um, before the season, getting prepped and stuff. And I'm going to be here working at the Eldorado Saloon, you know, <laughs> working, out, <laughs> working out by myself. <laughs> you know so out to the martins yeah right but it was crazy i just you know i i i mean i've probably for a couple of days i was honestly i, I had no i really I, I didn't know what i didn't know going into it so i was just like whatever i worked and you know i trained pretty hard and i felt good like prepared like i was you know ready to go and i showed up and to training camp or we called it fall camp but um really kind of from right away I started kind of like making plays and stuff. And then um, a couple of days in, they do what um, a portion of practice where just the new guys basically scrimmage each other. So, um, cause there's about what 20 of us in the, in that freshman class. So we were scrimmaging each other and I just started making plays. I remember I had like, I took a slant or something like 60 yards and then I just, just kept making plays and stuff. And then next thing you know, we're coming towards the end of training camp and I'm like the backup slot, my backup outside receiver, backup, you know, punt returner and stuff. So my first game, so I, they didn't redshirt me. So my first game was up in, um, where was it? It was at Idaho up in, I think it's Moscow. Is that Moscow? Yeah. Moscow. It was in Moscow. Um, and that's when two, for your red shirt, if you got it for one play, you burned it. Like now it's like you can play yeah. four games and you can, you know, hold on to that. So I got in for one play. I was in one like package or whatever. I got in for one play and, and I, I was like, oh, shoot. Did I just burn my red shirt? Like, am I really going to this whole year is going to be a waste? And then um, I want to say by week four. So the next game, you know, got in some more and I started returning punts. And then I think by game four, I was starting out wide receiver. We, uh, it was funny. The first game starting, we're playing Sac State and, you know, Sacramento. So that was kind of cool. But, nice. you know, I think my freshman, really my freshman and sophomore year, I, I made plays, you know, every now and then. Um, we had a couple guys uh, receiver-wise. Um, Justin Herbert, his brother, played at Montana State. So he was a few years older than me. And he's a, he was a baller. So he kind of was like the number one target for my first two years and then he graduated so you know my freshman and sophomore year you know made plays and 
you know, every now and then. And but really, my junior year is when you know it started to turn on. And at that point, you know, as you were turning on for Montana State, did you think that you could get to where you are now, or were you just thinking like I'm going to be probably one of the better receivers here at Montana State, maybe in the conference, but I don't know what will happen after this. Yeah, you know, I I always felt like fundamentally like I could. Well, I guess what I mean by that is going into Montana State, I felt like I had the fundamental. I just wasn't the biggest guy. I was just, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't really didn't hit like puberty until and my growth, like I guess, you know, my growth spurt until college, until really honestly, like my second year of college. So I knew like fundamentally, that's kind of how I was able to get on the field right away is that like, you know, I just knew how to play the position and got the offense and was able to, you know, get open and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I guess I, I mean, I kind of, oh, it was just my dream. You know, I always wanted to keep playing after, you know, college and stuff. And it was just crazy because once I got there, cause the new coaching stuff. So that's really how I now thinking back to it. I was in a good situation where we were kind of in a rebuild, new coaching staff. You know, the stars kind of aligned, allowed me to get in early, you know, get experience. So, um, so yeah, you know, I wanted to keep playing, you know, after college, but man, we weren't very good my first couple of years. And I think I had like six different quarterbacks, five different offensive coordinators. So, and we ran the heck out of the ball. So that was, that's, that's what made it tough. And, Honestly, going into my towards even towards the end of my senior year, like I had good stats and stuff, but I didn't have. But I mean, coming from Big Sky School, I didn't have sixteen hundred, you know, Cooper Cup numbers. So I kind of had some self doubt. I was like, I, I, I know I could, kind of like how it was going into college. I was like, I know I can play at the next level, but um, you know, a lot of it coming from small schools, you got to have the numbers and stuff. So definitely. And uh, I was actually going to ask that too. I'm glad you brought Cooper Cup up. Is that kind of like a big sky? Like, oh, this is this is the blueprint. This is the model of how to make it. Yeah, and I think he's kind of made it 100. percent He has, you know, <laughs> made it somewhat, you know, tough. Where it's like the only way you can, you know, make it from the big sky is, you know, be a high receiver draft pick. Is to, I mean, he, the numbers he put up are just ridiculous. Yeah. So it's like. So, yeah, and it's like he, I played him my – I only played him one against one year. It was my freshman year. And, yeah, he tore us up. But, yeah, he's he's legit, and he's one of the smartest guys, too, on the field. Right. And was Eastern's that, always usually a powerhouse, too, right? Yeah, I never beat Eastern. Um, Eastern, yeah, has been pretty good. When did hmm. when did you guys? Because Montana State's a powerhouse now. Didn't if I'm correct me if I'm wrong. Were they not in the FCS championship last year? They were, yeah. Yeah. So my first year, like I was saying, we were going through a rebuild. We were bad. We were, um, you know, what were we? we were like four and seven. The next year we were not very good. We were like five and six, and then my junior year we. We were, we were better. We went to the playoffs for the first time. And then my senior year, that's when we were, that's when we were pretty good. And we went to the, um, whatever, like the FCS, like final four for us. And then, yeah. And then last year, they were really good. Yeah. They went Is to it the, the same staff? You know what? My last year with the, it was a new staff that actually came in. Oh. So my head coach. Yeah. That's he, impressive. Yeah. You know what? 
and really my to my head coach is awesome um he kind of had put the pieces all together we got yeah we were stacked and we had a really good um a super good i mean linebacker who got picked up in the second round this year so they had him and a bunch and then there's another kid too who's playing for the rams right now who's actually receiver um who i played with he uh he had a really good senior year and he actually is like leading the preseason right now in in uh receiving yards so they were stacked so my head coach he left but he had all the pieces together so the guy who came in you know i mean he kind of had it all set up he had to not fumble it what's that i said he had to just not fumble it exactly and that was kind of the um I guess kind of the joke. It's like, dude, like anyone, like I guess, like a like a trained monkey go there and coach, you know. <laughs> I think he's he's a good coach, but it's like he had he had it kind of all you know teed out for him. Definitely. And what's what's something, Kevin, that you like at a one double A level, like do you think prepares you for the NFL? Like now you're seeing so much success now. Like what's one thing that helped you going through what you went through at Montana State? Yeah. You know, I think from, you know, a speed and physicality standpoint, maybe there's not a whole lot that gets you prepared for, you know, playing at the next level. But I just think it was like the, I guess it was kind of like that walk-on mindset that I had where it was like every year I felt like someone was going to come in, they were going to re- recruit someone to, you know, take my spot. You know, they were going to, trying to phase me out of the offense i don't know why i thought that way but i almost was like scared every year going to like training camp i'm like dude like someone's gonna someone's coming to my spot when i really probably thinking back i probably didn't have to worry as much as i did but um you know it's like i said it's not like you don't have the biggest guys the fastest guys in fcs but it's still you know pretty good football and you know i think over time from my freshman year to senior year you just you just keep getting better and you know, I think, um, you know, you gain a lot of, for myself too, I think I had a ton of experience coming out of, out of uh, college and played a bunch. So, um, yeah, I think that, that definitely helped get me prepared. And then it's funny. And then it's like, I come out of college thinking I'm ready to go and COVID and everything. And then I sit out for two years before I yeah. even, you know, get an opportunity. So, uh, for sure, that had to be that had to be tough. Yeah, no, it, it was. Yeah, it was definitely definitely a tough deal, and um, yeah, it's it's been a interesting journey for sure. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you like, was there a point in that two year gap where you were like, like, dang, my football career is probably done. Like, I'm done. I'm not gonna get a chance to the league to whatever. And then when that phone call happened, like, what was that like with the when the Seahawks called. Yeah. No, I, I, I had no, yeah, no idea that this was going to happen like a couple, like a year ago. Yeah. If you would have asked me a year ago, I would have said there's, there's no chance and you know, that this is gonna, I'll be playing football again. Cause I was working. I just had gotten a job and, you know, had no intentions of playing football again. I really don't know what got me. I mean, I always had the itch to keep playing. And then I finally just like got the best of me. I'm like, yeah, I just got to get this one last shot. So then it was cool. So then I started training again and I love just like that process building up to, you know, 
a season or a pro day where it's fun. You just like dedicate so much time just to training. And then, um, yeah, so I went up, I did my pro day and then waited for the draft to come by. Cause I mean, I, I wasn't draft eligible, but that's kind of when you'd find out if I was uh, going to get a shot. And then a week went by, I didn't hear anything after the draft. And then, so then I was ready to just, uh, you know, stop playing altogether. And then next thing you know, I got a phone call was brought me up for a tryout and then that went well. And yeah. So then I stayed up here in Seattle for, you know, our off season stuff. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a, you know, interesting uh, journey getting to this point for sure. So I know you mentioned like physicality and athleticism and stuff, but what would you say are some of the other biggest differences from playing at in the big sky to where you are now? Yeah, so definitely, like I said, physicality, speed. I mean, it's a lot faster, but um, the playbook too, and just like uh, that was definitely probably one of the hardest things just to grasp because one, I hadn't played football in a long, and you know, trying to hear a play call and stuff. I'm like, dude, this is it's been it's been <laughs> a couple of years since I've you know stepped in the huddle and stuff. So getting that down, and then I think and you know it's really comes down to like those minor, you know, small details of um, being able to execute note, right. Being able to recognize coverages and being able to, you know, change a route, do different things in order to get open. Because really it's like, if you're open by this much, it's like, that's open in the NFL. So, and all these guys are, you know, are super fast. And, and you know, it's sometimes you're like, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was open on that play. Then you go back and watch and they're like, oh yeah, you're open, but you're, it's like, you're an inch in front of someone, but <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm sure that's something like in basketball where, you know, I guess that there's something comparable to getting open or something or, you know, defenders are better and stuff. So, yeah, no, definitely. definitely. Right on with that. And that, that receiver room over there in Seattle, you know, I bet, you know, with Tyler Lockett and the DK being kind of the headliners of that, that's gotta be pretty cool, right? Yeah, it is cool. Um, DK is, is definitely one of those guys where it's like, uh, you're, you shouldn't be this big and this fast. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's where it's like the physicality and speed's different. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. There's not a lot of DKs running around the big sky. <laughs> <That's for sure>. <laughs> you're <laughs> looking at him and looking at your, yourself like, all right, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Really, I'm really here right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, Tyler Lockett, he's just like a, you would just think he's a normal dude. He's not very tall, but he, he's he's super fast. But the guy is just super crafty. Just knows how to get open. And he's he's definitely you know an underrated guy for sure. He'll get you a three touchdown fantasy game. Yeah, at least, at least once. Yeah, he is. He's one of those guys too, where he shows up to like practice. Like his shoes are untied. He's just wearing like long baggy shorts. No no swag at all out there. Like no nothing. No drip and just tears everyone up so he's uh that's hilarious yeah he's, he's super at good. this point too like i feel like he's been doing it for a minute now he's been i think this has to be like his he's coming up on 10 years i think this is probably yeah. you know he's been in the league for a while now yeah so was it the last game i think you have one more preseason game right that's right yeah so was it the last game where you really got to get out there and get some reps and i think you had what four or five catches yeah so the first yeah so the first game, you know, I probably got 10 snaps. 
Um, and then the next game, yeah, I think I got got some more, and I finally got you know the ball thrown my way and stuff. So, I because I mean the first game, I I mean I was out there, but didn't really. I mean, it was kind of we were kind of in garbage time, so I guess I really didn't you know my real game like you know getting back in a game for the first time. I really say it was that second preseason game. So, and that's kind of you know it was cool too just to get back out there. I'm like, dang, it's been since. 2019 since I've played in an actual game. So, yeah, it was fun just getting back out there for sure. And in the preseason, like, I know QBs are kind of rotating pretty often. Does that change, like, whether or not the ball gets thrown to you or not? Like, if you're one of their favorite targets or something like that, does that change how it looks? Yeah, I would say so. Um, The guy who – so Drew Locke actually, he got COVID. So him and Geno Smith are in a QB battle right now. Right. So the third string guy, his name's Jacob Eason. Um, he's a played at UW and he's a Washington guy. And we've, you know, we take the majority of our reps together. Um, or that's a guy I take the most of my reps with during that practice and stuff. So me and him have kind of built a, you know, somewhat of a chemistry and stuff. And I, you know, he feels comfortable throwing the ball. And um, so I think that definitely helps, you know, that he was able to get in there and stuff. And me and him have just, you know, been able to connect and practice and, you know, translate to the game, which was cool. So, Kevin, you know, we were talking about, you know, the chemistry you're building with the quarterbacks that you're playing with in practice and, and whatnot and how it translates. Uh, how how competitive do the practices get, like, between the squad, like, the offensive defense? I know, obviously, you see videos sometimes, but, it, like, how how, like, heated or how, like, you know, is there, like, a lot of, like, you know, animosity. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I think in the past, what just what I've been told, maybe other organizations have too. Um, I think they've kind of dialed back on like the intensity of training camp because mm. there's 17 games now, which is right, which is a lot. So, no, our training camp, there was definitely days where it was, um, there were definitely some, you know, tough days, but, you know, for the most part, um, they were pretty good with, you know, not overdoing it, but that's not, but I think that's just really, they do a good job here up in Seattle, you know, making sure that they don't, you know, basically kill us. But yeah, you know, there's definitely other, if you watch um, hard knocks at all and you watch like the lions, the snippets of their training camp, like we weren't like really tackling um, throughout training camp at all, but you watch like the lions and man, it's like, I'm like, Thank God I'm not. <laughs> I mean, that, that coach gives some of the greatest, craziest quotes I've ever heard. So I can only Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it varies around the league. I know I've heard just from guys I've talked to who've been in other places. They're like, yeah, no, this is definitely you know dialed back, and they you know try to you know protect us and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How do you like? How do you like? Is Pete Carroll pretty chill and laid back? And yeah, no, he's a. Um, yeah, he's a really cool guy. Yeah. I uh I grew up, so like I was saying, I grew up a UCLA fan. So when he was the SC coach growing up, I wasn't like obviously a big Pete Carroll fan, but uh, but now no, he getting to know him and stuff a little bit. Yeah, he's a total players coach. And it's funny, we actually like we have a team meeting every morning, and um Pete Carroll's known for like obviously competition and stuff, but we have like a there's a basketball hoop, like in our team meeting and every day guys have to like guys who went up against each other in practice 
because I'll show highlights from practice and stuff. Two guys went against each other, and it kind of like was like a stalemate, or some guy got the best of someone. Then they go shoot off, and it's it's pretty cool. Like it's like, <laughs> yeah, there's, our team meetings, you know, are there's a lot of basketball involved, which is kind of cool. <laughs> nice, that's dope. Um, one other thing I, I wanted to know too, we kind of skipped over it a little bit, but growing up, like obviously basketball players have like players that they try to emulate their game after, or people that like they look up to and their heroes. Like for you, what was your inspiration, or who was who you tried to model your game after? from a football standpoint or did that, would that not kind of naturally happen? Yeah, no, I think for, um, a lot of guys, I mean, especially myself, like growing up, you, you idolize like these, you know, receivers in the NFL and stuff. And you're definitely trying to, you know, imitate and, you know, mimic what the guys you, you grow up watching on TV, um, like what they do and, and whatnot. So, you know, for myself, it's easy to, you know, say the Edelman, Welker, Amendola, but um, I was a big. I'm an. Well, I'm a Niner fan growing up, so I loved, you know, To, and obviously I didn't watch a lot of Jerry Rice, but that was obviously someone who, you grew up a Niner fan. That's that's the goat. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we just got to get you to Tampa Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I'm throwing to you. I know, right? I he. Um, I mean, how he looks. Who knows how long he's gonna play for too? He's probably got a couple more years. Crazy. I know, dude's gonna play like fifty. It's crazy. Jealous, yeah, I, Andre. Huh? I said you're jealous, Andre. I am jealous. <laughs> that guy, that guy went, hey, that guy went home for about two months and realized it was what it felt like to be a stay-at-home dad. And he's like, "Well, I'm going back." <laughs> yeah, I know, and that's just crazy. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I've been here for, I mean, training camp. This is my first training camp, NFL training camp. I'm like, you know, like I was saying, it's dialed back, but it's still a lot, and I'm like. I can't imagine he's got to be through what 20, 21, 22 training camps. It's a lot. I'm like, yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a freak. Yeah. yeah before, before we hit the starting five, like as the preseason and, and the training camps coming to a close, like I'm sure you've been attacking this whole process kind of with that walk on mindset and just like, how are you feeling going into this last preseason game about, go like moving forward with the Seahawks and the NFL career, like just kind of let us know about that. Right. Um, and now it's funny. You, and you bring up like this walk on mentality and stuff. It's honestly right now. I've, it's, I feel more like a walk on than I think I ever have. Um, obviously being a guy who's not supposed to, you know, make the roster or, um, all the odds are stacked up against me. You know, I definitely it feels I feel like I'm a walk on right now for sure. You know, you kind of get not even you guys, everyone you kind of get treated like a walk on at times. And um, you know, it's just been, but it's been a super super cool experience. Um, I think going into this last game, it's so important to be able to put good film out there because really you're auditioning for not only the Seahawks but for everyone, um, right? Pretty much everyone, yeah. So last week was, you know, nice to be able to get some catches and stuff and put some good stuff on film. So really, it's like my mindset's like, you know, doing everything I can to try to stay around in Seattle. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's a business. So it's like you got to, you know, try to put this best film as you can out there so that other teams notice as well. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, wait, so Tommy's. Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask you guys. So, um 
does it be as, as quickly or whatever, however detailed you want to get into it? What's it, what's the walk on life for basketball? I mean, I'm sure it's can't be, you know, I think being a walk on in general, it's not easy. So what's it like for basketball? Go, go ahead first, Luke. Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, I said this a couple times now, but the reason why I was okay and, and excited for being a walk on was I really wanted to prove to myself that I belonged at this level. And, uh, so every day was kind of just an opportunity to like prove to myself, like, man, I really do. I, I can't play at this level and I do belong here. And in that first year, so I was, I was able to redshirt. And I remember going into the, uh, like the early summer meeting with coach Murph, like saying, yeah, I want to redshirt, like use this year as a development. And I remember I had a coach at a D2 tell me this. He was like, would you rather lose a year when you're 18 or when you're 22? And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. You know, like if you lose a year when you're 18, you know, you're going to be one step ahead of everybody else. So, I was like, Coach Murph, I want to, I want a red shirt. And he was like, you know, like the amount of people that come into my office as a freshman and say, I'm ready to red shirt is minute. And so I was, I was just like excited for whatever it took. And like you, you keep saying, like, get treated like a walk on. Um, there were probably two to three times a day when we would scrimmage that I would just get chucked by a box out, thrown to the ground, whatever it was. But they would always come pick me up and they're like, it, it's not personal. Like you're just in the way. Like, you, we yeah. know that you're practicing just as hard as us, but like, man, like you, you got to get out the way sometimes. And you're I'm like, bro, baby, bro, it was funny. It was funny. Shout out, it, shout out to my man, Carl Harris. Like literally we were always matched up and like somehow I'd end up on the floor because he would throw me in. Like he would always come get me like, LA. That's my fault, bro. Like, it's not even you. I'm just mad. I was like, Hey, if that's what it is, that's what it is. Like I, I'm just love to be a part of it. And it kind of was just waiting for my opportunity and, and, trust in my work that once the opportunity did come that like I was going to be ready no matter what so that's kind of what my mindset for all of it was yeah that's cool. honestly a lot of I'm not as far into the process as Luke is obviously but it's pretty much similar like just the mindset of showing showing that you belong and you can really play at this level that's the way I've been attacking it the last two years and I'm going into year three now and I'm blessed to have a, a great coaching staff that really doesn't make me feel like any less than anyone else on the team. Like I, I don't feel like I'm a walk on, like I feel like I'm, I'm one of the guys and like it doesn't like they're, they're so great. I'm not sure how it is on other programs, but they've treated me with nothing but the most respect for the last three years. And I just go in every single day with the mindset that I'm not going to be outworked. And I'm sure that Luke, Kevin, Jared, I know you have this mindset too and everything we do, like that's just how you got to attack it. And that's yeah. how I've been for, two and a half, two years now and moving forward and just ready for the opportunity that comes next. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Cause I feel like being a walk on and stuff, it's like, sometimes like for myself, I got lucky where I was like, I came into a situation where we were rebuilding something and you know, they were looking to give opportunity to younger guys. And then sometimes it's like, you gotta, you, you could go into somewhere where, you know, they're not rebuilding and it's a strong foundation and you know, you might have to wait, a couple of years to be able to get an opportunity. I saw that with, um, you know, a bunch of guys when I was at Montana state. So I just think it's, it's cool for, you know, a lot of people to understand that for guys who are walking on somewhere that it's, it's not easy. And, you know, for the most part, if you're in a good organization, you're not going to get treated like, you know, any less than anyone else on the team. But in order to get on the court or get on the field, it's like people don't realize like it's not easy. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I think um, the other thing too, it, it just, uh, like I'm <clears throat> older than all you guys and I, I've been through that stuff. And then even now from business side, like 
being a walk-on, I think just helps you learn how to create something from nothing, right? Because you're going in there with nothing. There's nothing promised. There's nothing given to you. You're literally going there like on your own free will, like nothing holding you there. And like your ability to grow and create from like the bottom, I feel like for me now translating to like getting older and being done playing, it's like you feel confident in your ability to do that in any like realm. Right. Because you think about it too, it's like you've got these coaches who, you know, this is their career and this is their livelihood. It's like you have to be able to do as a walk-on, you have to be able to prove more to the coaching staff, double than what the guy who they're banking on, you know, to make sure that they can put food on their tables. It's for their families and stuff. Yeah, who they're paying to be there. They're literally paying to be there. Right. So, So, yeah. the last, the last thing I I had it can't, just came to me. I don't think you went over it. Maybe I missed it. Did you ever get the full scholarship at Montana State? I did, yeah. So that w- after my, um, so after that first semester when I had played and stuff, I got some starts and they uh they ended up putting me on scholarship, which was cool. But I mean, still, even with that, it was like kind of had to, you know, sell myself as the why. Probably, you know, I. Get, should get the scholarship yeah. and stuff and still it was like you know it's funny i i tell people it's like you see people on twitter where it's like these kids who rack up all these scholarship offers and stuff and then you know they just post and tweet about it and then i'm like man i that would be so nice it just for it to come that easy but then at the same time it's like man there's something kind of you know, beauty in the you know in the struggle and stuff and so yeah eventually i did after that semester i did so which was really cool Cause that was yeah. kind of my thing too. It's like, I'm going somewhere, I'm going out of state. It's not cheap. So it's like, I got to make this happen or, you know, don't know how long I can be up here. Yeah. I'm sure we both can relate to that one. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, absolutely, man. No, yeah. exactly. I know exactly. That is. And it's, it's good that you didn't lose that focus even after getting put on scholarship. And I, I like what you said about being worried. I think that's super important for anyone moving forward. And it was funny too, like before, so it was kind of like, so I was starting my, as a freshman and I was playing and stuff. And I think the coaches have could notice that I was super motivated to get that scholarship. And then I remember there was, I had a coach say something to me where it's like, well, if we put you on scholarship, you're going to lose all that motivation. And I'm like, I'm like, I remember just thinking, I'm like, is that like, like what kind of excuse is that to not, you know, to, you know, reward yeah. me for, you know, contributing to the team and stuff. But and then so after I heard that, I was like, you know, I can't, regardless of if they put me on scholarship, I'm, I, you, you just can't, you know, relax or, you know, because it's funny. I see my, I mean, I had, I saw guys at Montana State who came in full scholarships, thought it was going to be a super easy. Next thing you know, they're not playing football a year later because they get, you know, kicked off the team or it just doesn't work out for them. So I think having that walk on mentality, like you were saying, post playing sports and stuff is, it's good to have. Hundred percent. Right, are we ready for our starting five? Let's do it after, man. All right. So today, you know, with Kevin here, we have our starting five wide receivers. So the thought is, you know, if you were putting together a wide receiver starting five for basketball, what it's looking like, and then our walk on pick is kind of like what we've been preaching about a walk on, someone that kind of strives in their role, uh, but doesn't always get the credit they deserve. So that's the two picks today. Uh, Jared coming off a hot week. 
right? Oh no, no. Uh, Will 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 kill that before I went two and zero. Yeah. So so let's let's have Jared start it off. Let's toss it to Jared. I I I don't know. Yeah, this is this is just gonna show you my fantasy football prowess. This is this is what I was wondering. All right. So (laughs) at the PG, we got Tyreek Hill. That's good. Okay. At the shooting guard, at the two, we got Cooper Cup. <laughs> at we're gonna be a little small, but at, at the small four, we got Jamar Chase. I like it. Do you but have then, explanations for these, or are you just gonna roll with it? I can give you explanations. Which what do you what, what do you want? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it would just give us a little background as to like. What okay, yeah. Are. I mean, Tyreek Hill, PG, like that. He's essentially the Allen Iverson of receivers, right? There you go. He's gonna get I open. Think. He's gonna get high volume. And he catches lots of touchdowns. So, man, you know. All right, there you go. Like it. Yeah. Cooper Cup. I mean, self-explanatory. Do you need that one? I pulled a page out of Tommy's book here. You can roll with that one. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> uh, Jamar Chase. I mean, he just won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Caught a ton of touchdowns. And Joe Burrow's not going anywhere. Yeah. I like that so, at the three. I like him yeah. at the three. Now we're going to get a little beefier here. I got Travis Kelsey at the power forward. Okay, that's a tight end, but he's used as a receiver and still. Yeah, has no, more you receptions. can line, he, he lines up out wide. Yeah, oh what? God. If we get a, if we get, ever get a, I can pull if we the ever get a tight end on this here, guy, though, that changes if the whole. We ever get a tight end on here, there, Jared, though, Jared. Is he not? Is he not? Uh, that's fine, but does he not run okay. wide receiver routes, Luke? Does he Look, not catch touchdowns more than more more than most receivers? You know, when I play Madden, when I have my fantasy teams, he's a tight end. That's all I know. That's all I know. There but was hey, two separate people that ca- put him in the pass flex. Catcher. He's a pass catcher. Let's ask you. Kevin. Let's ask Kevin. Is, yeah, is like what, what, what would you say? For Travis Kelsey? Yeah. I think, I mean, he's a receiving tight end. So it's mm. like, mm. you know, I can see the argument. I can see the argument for receiver. But if we're, if we're, uh, if, we're, if it's black or white, I think it's a, it's a violation. A tight end. I think he might be a tight end. Yeah, I'm okay. with Kevin on this one. All right, that's fine. I can I can switch it up. I if for Luke, Luke, make an to audible. One. Make the audible right here. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I'll take I'll take one. Uh, about Amon Ross, Saint Brown, at the okay. four. Oh, okay, four. I like it. Yeah. All right. And then at the center, we got DK Metcalf. Yes, sir. There you go. I like it. Okay. I'll go ahead and go. I I had uh this this I think I think Tyreek at the one is gonna be a popular one. I mean he's the speed demon. I have Tyreek at the one just running the show for us. At the two I got my squad Raiders stand up. I got Devonte Adams and I know that Devonte Adams actually hooped in high school of Palo Alto. I've seen some highlights. He was nice, so that works. At the three I've got the counterpart to Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Holding it down. I think he he brings that small forward swag that I was looking for. And then at the four, we're, we want the strength at the four. We're putting DK down there. DK at the four. And then at the five, the tallest receiver, I think. I don't know. Uh, you'd have to fact check me on that. But Mike Evans. Moss and everybody. All right. Well, I'll roll with it here. So, uh <laughs> At the one, I knew the Tyreek Hill pick was going to be popular, so I didn't do it. I picked Kadarius Tony at the one. Um, okay, that's a good one. Jared said 
probably one of the shiftiest players for Tyreek Hill. I think Kadarius Tony is one of the shiftiest players. And so I rolled with Kadarius Tony at the one. At the two, I went Debo Samuel. We need a playmaker. He's versatile. Yeah. He plays a lot of different positions on the field. Give me Debo. Yeah, but te- technically he's a running back. Right? <laughs> no. they, they just have a special package for him. That's crazy. So, <laughs> But he lines so, up like a running back, right? Runs running true, back positions. True. No, but on the roster. That's crazy that you just... <laughs> Jared, no. that's not even Real football, no, I don't want to hear that. This is how you, you don't know football, I guess. It's cool. It's okay. Cool. Debo at the two. At the three, we're going to roll with Drake London. He's a rookie, but this guy hooped yeah. at USC. He's 6'4". Oh, right. Come on, that Drake London. Uh, I think that's a great pick. At the four, I went with DK. You know, we need the strength. You got to go uh, DK. That's, that's basically LeBron in there. Yeah. And at the five, I'm with you, Tommy. I have Mike Evans. I also think he's the tallest. Ooh, that's a good one. Just, yeah. I'm throwing good lobs to Mike Evans all day. Like, it's a good front court. Talk to us, Kevin. All right. So I got um, I got Cooper Cup at the one. I think you need wow. a you know, I think you need a smart guy running running the point. He did say he was smart earlier. He's yeah. You need a guy who knows the offense. You know, unselfish guy run the one. And then I got Jerry Judy at number at the two. I love mm, that pick. Great pick. I like it. Shifty. And then at the three, I got D Hop. DeAndre Hopkins at the three. That's nice. I like it. With and then, the suspension. And then at the four, I went DK. And then um, at the five, I was Mike Evans, too. Yeah. That, that is, I'm, this is an obvious front court. It's just the hell of a front court. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, trying to think, who else? Who else is someone that could have? There was that guy a few years back for the Eagles, uh, Doriel Green Beckham, but he's not in the league. Oh, that's he right. He was at like 6'6". He was something crazy. That's right. Yeah, there's um, not really, Yeah, I think DK, I mean, there's not really like a – I think that's so probably thought, the You could have thrown AJ Brown in there. I thought, well, yeah, that was that was a thought. And I thought Tim Patrick was taller than he was, but he's actually not that tall. So he was gonna be uh, in my front court. But yeah. I'll go ahead and start us off at the walk-on. I went, um, I think he's a wide receiver one and where he's at. I mean, the quarterback play for him last year wasn't great, and he put up numbers. And I think he's got a better quarterback this year, I think. I went with DJ Moore. Carolina Panthers. Mm. He put up solid numbers, was consistent, and I don't really see a lot of people talking about him. Jared? I got Jacoby Myers. Wow. Because you threw off my other pick. I had another shifty pick, but you're being a baby, so I'll just tuck that in. Who was the tight end that you put in there? It wasn't a tight end. (laughs) It wasn't tight end. You had George Kittle, huh? No, Austin Eckler. He had – he was top okay. 10 in the league in receiving he a, touchdowns. He is basically a receiver. He was yeah. top 10 in the league. Nice to Jared, bro. What are you their positions? What? You know what, Kevin? I should have just put Ross Dwelly in there for Oak Ridge. And just Ross, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going with Jacoby Myers. Ross, if you're listening like to this, pick, though, Jared. you're on my roster. Jacoby, you know, Matt Jones is going to make a jump. He's not going to have to do a lot. He's going to get Myers, high volume. Jacoby Myers is nice. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. He's pretty good. I think yeah. that that's a solid pick. So I went with someone that's uh that saved me in a crunch last year during fantasy, and he definitely doesn't get he definitely doesn't get a lot of talk. I went with Van Jefferson. Talk about someone who was available on the waiver wire that put up fourteen points in a crunch for me. I mean, I can't I can't be mad at it. So I'm surprised Van you didn't Jefferson. pick a Sacramento King. <laughs> oh man, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah, not Kevin. Those are, those are actually. I think those are you guys have had some. Creative picks for sure. I was gonna say Lockett. 
But I mean, I he's kind of one of those guys who's kind of underrated, but then he's like so underrated that like he'll get some attention that even makes any sense. Yeah. But then I was thinking Definitely. too, I think like maybe all time, like guy who doesn't get enough credit, probably like Larry Fitzgerald. That's got to be a guy who just every year, it just seemed like, I think he has like they, this crazy stage has more like tackles than drops. In his first <laughs> thing, you know, it's crazy. That is a nuts stat. Yeah. But, but yeah, I'd probably say lock it. I think it's right going to be back. another competitive week of voting this, here. This was this past week wasn't one. though. Will yeah, yeah Will, Will, Will crashed us. Oh, this is a real interesting one. Yeah. Uh, so what have you guys done in the past with starting five? Like, just basketball uh, players or? Last week uh, we had our friend Will who played at Sac State. We did all time NBA clutch players. Uh, okay. Um, the week before that, uh, Luke, what did we do? That was Jamal Crawford. So we had all t- we had starting five six man because obviously he's like yeah. one of the greatest six yeah. men of all time. Uh, and then with Keith, we, we did best dunkers. Yeah. Current we had Marquise Chris on here, and he's got bounce. So we went with dunkers. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. most yeah top five dun- or starting five dunkers. And then our episode we did shooters. Yeah, this is Not only it's only the fifth episode. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I like what you guys are doing. It's super yeah. cool, super cool concept, and you guys got something going here. Yeah, we're grateful Appreciate we can. Yeah, get the, thank you the for first making the time. There. Yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries. And if there's anyone else I can help you guys come join the pod, I'll, I'd love to help you guys out. So, awesome. say no huge for the program. Yeah, yeah, no worries. <laughs> Tommy's been throwing. Tommy's been throwing his weight around like he's gonna bring in some Hall of Famers. So, yeah, he's gonna get. Okay, I see it. <laughs> keep it low. We will keep it low. Okay. We guys trying to keep it like basketball. You guys trying to, or obviously like, I'm, nah, we're we're open to we're open to whatever. Yeah, anything. we want to yeah explore all avenues. All right, well yeah, let me you guys let me see what I can do. I can try to help you guys out. That'd be yeah. awesome. That'd be, yeah, that'd be dope. I mean, I know Jared. I know Jared's just eager to drop some some golf gems on us before we head out of here. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, are yeah. you a golf? Are you a golfer, Kevin? I am. Oh nice. wow, are we should have got yes. some golf talk. Yes. Are you guys golfers or? I'm Me not. and Luke are. We like to try to be. Yeah. yeah. We, we we swing the club. Now, doesn't always the ball doesn't always go where we tell it to go. But I just feel like I've – like I grew up playing golf, but it was like I play for like three months, take three months off, and then it's like I got to, you know, get the swing back. And then next thing you know, like by the time I've played for three months, I feel good, then I stop playing. So it's like a never-ending cycle. Of- I, I, have, I have the key advice for you, Kevin. The key advice. <laughs> tell me. Okay. 50 chips a night will get you right. Come on. Ooh, I like that. Yes. Just, getting the, just keeping the feel. Yes. 50 chips a night, baby. In the front yard, in the hotel room, down the hallway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I You're love it. Who gets get it. your chips. Get your chips in. It's a walk-on mentality. Get your, get your chips in. <laughs> Man. Let's make a shirt right now. Uh, that's just great. Uh Kevin, we can't thank you enough for coming on here and being the yeah, thank you, man. Like I said, the really first time on basketball player. This yeah, week. no worries. We hope this the best week. for you, man. We know that you're gonna do great things out there. Facts. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Yeah, and if like I said, you guys need any help with getting people on, I'm I'm definitely uh willing to help you guys out for sure. That's love. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. This was a really fun conversation and definitely didn't didn't know what to expect hearing about the football story but i really enjoyed this definitely with all that being said this is your favorite walk-ons and we're walking out